0: Alright, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Thursday. It's November 15th. I'm Doug Norrie, and that is the road-weary Chris Terrell. Oh, buddy. I feel bad for you. We'll talk about your travels down to Phoenix in a second here, but we're from sportsrankings.com DFSR.com for short, here to get you started. Uh, keep winning on FanDuel and DraftKings. So you go sign up. The podcast list, and you get a special deal at dfsr.com deals. That's a seven-day free trial with a discounted rate for our premium product, which includes optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings NFL. you get the NBA uh, projections as well with that. Premium chat, premium content. It's all covered under one subscription. So go check that out, dfsr.com slash deals. You were down in Phoenix for the race last weekend. How did the race... Do you wish you could have driven one of the race cars back to your house? Um, do you, <laughs> how many hours do you think it would have saved if you could have like jumped into Kyle Bush's car and just like had s- scooted you over the border in time? Uh, are you awake enough to do the the podcast today?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I haven't had any coffee yet, but uh, definitely ready to go. Got everything up here. Um, yeah, the race was awesome um kyle bush ended up winning it was my daughter's and mine favorite driver so she was pretty excited to see him win in his first race she also got to meet him and get his autograph so it was uh it was a plus plus so we were able to deal with that i guess with the shitty travel on the way home <laughs> yeah so uh yeah nascar has been hooking chris up here for a little while it's really great
0: and uh, just another testament to like hard work paying off uh, people just you get your stuff out there enough and people notice you and so he goes down to phoenix goes to the race i live vicariously through him as i sit here in the cold uh, New Jersey weather and just continue to look at NFL news which we we're going to talk about today for our cash game podcast for week 11. There's some stuff we want to get into we published our article um, earlier in the week not much has changed over the course of the week or, or or, this is to say some of these injury news and notes continue to trend in the direction we thought they were going to and then we'll be back again tomorrow Chris and James will be on for a game-by-game breakdown uh, talking about it each game and we'll have some of the stuff firmed up but I think the the, the most pressing question this week is what's going on in, in Baltimore with Joe Flacco. So we talked, James and I talked a little bit on the recap podcast about Lamar Jackson. I mean, they are non-committal. it seems. I'm using a word that, uh said by somebody else, but I'll just quote it here. non-committal about Flacco's um, ab- uh, availability on Sunday. Lamar Jackson, what are your thoughts here? Do you think Jack Flacco plays? He was on crutches all week? He hasn't practiced at all? Sure, I mean, There's some people talking about him not being out for the season. Like I... And, but he's still only questionable. Like how concerned are we with Flacco's status? And if he doesn't play, I mean, do we just lock Lamar Jackson in? He's a rookie. We also don't really know much about him. This is, a very, this is one of the more confusing situations I've had for, for cash games in a while.
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, he's got a really nice price. I personally don't think Flacco's going to play. I don't think they have a reason um, to put him out there, you know, and, and try and, you know, maybe if he's close, then why injure him for the rest of the season type thing? And I don't know why they're not. I think the whole non-committal thing is has a lot to do with, you know, the other team's game planning for which quarterback, yep. whether it's going to be RG3. I, I don't see why they wouldn't throw Jackson out there. I mean, he's played in every single game so far this year. I'm not sure if RG3 has been active or not this year. I don't think so, maybe for one game but uh, Jackson seems to be the one that's kind of been there and kind of knows the playbook now. And, you know, if if Flacco's for sure out, I do like Jackson, um, his floor, especially with his running ability. So he he's looked pretty good in the times he's got in there. And, I mean, it is week 11 now, so um, he's had some time to learn the playbook. So I, I'm on board with your call with uh, Lamar Jackson if Flacco's out.
0: Yeah, you know, right now there's no Vegas line in the game. And that's really the only time you get no line this late in a week is when there's an, in- there's an injury around a quarterback. The quarterback's just that pivotal for for a team. Clearly, obviously, I'm not saying anything new here. The most important player on, on the team, possibly the most important player in, in all sports. And so when you have no line in a game this late in the week, it's just basically saying we're waiting on news for the quarterback. Now, I think if I'm with you, the the Robert Griffin thing, I guess throws a little bit of a fly in the ointment because he has had NFL snaps in the past. It's been a real while since that's happened. Like, Lamar Jackson clearly is the guy earlier. I, this, is, this is one of the hardest things to project is you're basically projecting a rookie that has thrown a few NFL passes. He's definitely run the ball a lot. Like, it's, good, it's a very good sign that they've had him on the field Up until this point, like now, they have his own like set of packages that he runs. He doesn't run like their standard whatever. What Flacco's running, he does not run. Um, But obviously, the pedigree's there uh, from you know his time in in Louisville and just uh, just being just highly touted, and some people wanting to trade up to get him. And it's one of those things where I think I'm willing to go on the price. Uh, It helps that he's a runner. I don't think if he. I mean, how does it? With you in terms of cash games, does it make you feel better that? It sure seems that like if nothing else, the rushing yards would at least be there. Does that make sense? Like that—that to me is the thing that gives him the ultimate floor. Like especially at forty-seven hundred DraftKings, can you see him just getting there with his legs?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, DraftKings is the main one. I mean, that we should be talking about here for like you said, forty-seven hundred. That's just. Really low for a guy, you know, if he's going to start the game, especially with his rushing um, floor there, um, really helps out. I mean, he doesn't need to. It's kind of like the Cam Newton situation, but he's way cheaper. He doesn't need to throw for 300 yards to hit value every week. You know, one to two touchdowns and 50-plus rushing yards, something like that, he's going to hit value at 4,700. And if that happens and, say, Flacco's out another week, his price on DraftKings is going to hit that mid-5 to 6K range easily next week.
0: Um, the, the guy we have after Jackson, let's say Flacco plays or there's just enough concern or like they say, oh, he's going to split time with Robert Griffin or some BS that we don't really can't account for here on Thursday. We have Ryan Fitzpatrick as the next cash game play up. So he threw, it's got to be some kind of record. I meant to look this up and I forgot, but he threw for like 400 yards last week and the team scored three points. That is really hard to do. It is very hard to throw for that many yards and have your team score so few points. Do you? He plays the Giants team in... A game where I mean this Giants the Giants are in a game with a 52 over under where they're favored. I like, I couldn't I can't believe such a thing is existing <laughs> <laughs> at this at this point, um, but here we are. It's in week 11 where weird things are happening. Could you see going back to Fitzpatrick? Excuse me. We 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 had I'm saying going back to it, we had Fitzpatrick's close to a cash game play last week ended up kind of running with Rogers instead. But do you think he's viable for cash games here? I, I feel like the ownership is going to be low, but I, this still strikes me as a pretty good matchup.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he's projected for 40-plus passing attempts again, and I just don't think there's any way he throws. I don't think he maybe throws for 400 yards, but even 300 yards, I don't see him not getting a touchdown. It was kind of funny. I, I played Fitzpatrick last week in cash. And I was at the track, and I was kind of just looking at the scores, rolling through the oh, scores. buddy, is, be so glad
0: yeah. you didn't watch the game. Keep going. But, but like, I'm going to roll through a couple of these things here, but
1: keep going. I seen three points on the board for Tampa Bay, and I just, like, shut my phone off. And I got back to yep. the hotel later and looked. I was like, holy crap, 400 yards, and they scored three points. Like, that's just impossible. So he yeah, didn't value. The yards were almost good enough. I'm like, the yards didn't kill you, at least.
0: <laughs> like, he, like, he at least piled on enough there. But in terms of running bad on touchdowns, like – Jacquez Rogers, I said this on the podcast the so forgive me if you ever, everyone's already heard me kind of complain about this. But Jacquez Rogers had a ball punched out from the twenty yard line on a pass that went in all the way to the back of the end zone on a fumble. Yeah. So like that was one. They, they were, dri- they were the, That was the one red zone fumble. Then late in the game, they were driving, and Mike Evans just flat out dropped a, a touchdown. Um, and then the next play, Fitzpatrick fumbled, so that was the end of that drive. So like yeah, and there was one other thing too. It was like three things in the red zone that just kind of went against them. I, that's, Look, you can make mistakes. That is so, so, uh, so unlucky. So I, I, I'm totally fine going back to him. Now we have Wentz yeah. as the next guy, but I'm wondering if you have a, if you, you know, you need not agree with the article we wrote up this week because you didn't write that up. Obviously, do you have a cash game quarterback that you're looking at this week that maybe we didn't include?
1: No, really the guy that I, um, I'm i locking in this week is Carson Wentz. Um, I totally agree with the article there as well. It's just, this is a tough week. I mean, it's not so much that there's six six teams on by because those teams aren't really great. They're not really cash game viable quarterbacks that are sitting out anyway. But we're losing Mahomes. We're losing Jared Goff. We're losing Kirk Cousins, even Trubisky's been cash viable. Those are all in the, the night, Sunday night and Monday night games, and then we lose Aaron Rodgers and, and Russell Wilson to the Thursday night games. So that's six quarterbacks that potentially could be viable cash game plays. We're losing all of them this week. So I mean at the top, it's definitely Carson Wentz for me against New Orleans. They're they've allowed the second most um, fantasy points of quarterbacks this season. They're giving up a ton of yards, and Philly's a nine point underdog in this game especially on FanDuel where he's only 7,700 when all the other quarterbacks in that price range, or kind of in that top tier, are 8K+. plus, Wentz is definitely going to be a lock for me this week.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, he was a guy, in, ter- in terms of tiers, I think we had the other two guys ab- above him. I think it helps he's getting optimal conditions in the dome, getting playing catch-up. Eagles have struggled a little bit on offense. They struggled to figure out, I think, what they wanted to do when it comes to running the ball. They have this Adams-Clement-Smallwood kind of group of guys that just yeah. – it's kind of a rotating cast. I'm just trying to figure it out. But I'm totally with you in terms of game script about the direction it could go for Wentz, especially if he's able to pile on points. I, I get a little worried with the Saints. Their pace of play for sure slows down when they have Ingram around um, like they because they just end up running the ball a little bit more. So earlier in the season when they took to the air a lot um, with just Kamara, um, they were playing at a pace that allowed more opponent possessions. With Ingram around, that does slow down a little bit because they do they kind of just rely on the run a little bit more. And speaking of the run, these running backs this week, man, I could not Ugh. figure out. They all they all look great. The, all the expensive guys, I, like I just want to play all of them. I, th- I think that's going to probably – this is where Lamar Jackson really um, comes into play, especially on DraftKings where he's so cheap because this group of top-end running backs, there's a top-tier running backs. There's probably five or six guys in this tier. Four of them, I would say, if maybe, maybe – there's probably seven guys total. So five of them are on this slate. And I, I am having an impossible time to deal with that. Who do you, between Connor, Elliott, Barkley, I'm going to throw Kamara in there, and Melvin Gordon. I'll tell you who, I, who stands out to me the most, but I don't know if you have a gut feeling or if the, kind of your um, inclination is going one of the ways in this. Because I almost have only have to play at least two of these guys, possibly even three.
1: Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott stands out the most for me this week. Yep. Uh, he just gets the bulk of the, the workload in that, and he catches the ball really well. And the thing about Atlanta is they not only give up a ton of fantasy, the most fantasy points to running backs, but they've also given up 728 receiving yards to running backs and five oh, yeah. touchdowns, which is second to only the Chiefs. So, And he's also the cheapest of those uh, you know, Gordon, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara group. Um, so he's definitely the one that stands out the most for me, even though they are three-point underdogs. Like I said, he catches the ball really well, and it's just... It's an elite matchup. Gordon's got a little bit tougher matchup. Uh, Denver's, you know, limited a lot of the work to running backs. And then you've also, with Gordon, you've got the, the Austin Eckler thing. He's been in there getting some touches as well. I mean, still Gordon sitting at like 75%, 74% uh, snap count for the season and like 80% touch share. But for me, just seeing Elliott and Barkley would be next up for me. It's just around that 95% range, um, touching the ball um, out of the backfield for his own team. I think those are the two that, especially Elliott, that's out the most for me.
0: Yeah, Elliott is behind only Gurley in terms of rushing attempts plus uh, passing targets this season. Gurley's at 25.1 per game, and Elliott is at 24 a game. Uh, there's really no one else. The, the, Connor's close, and I'm going to get to him in a second. But um, in terms of Elliott, like you said with Atlanta, they have it's been all season long where just opposing running backs have just destroyed them. And their DVOA numbers through the air are just – are they couldn't be worse. They It's like they stack the box. They want to stop the run, and then in doing so – they just allow wheel routes and this other stuff. This other stuff in the flat yep. that just happens over and over and over again. They've done nothing to correct it over the course of the season. It doesn't stand the reason here. And when we're looking for cash game running backs, as we have said, the guy, we want guys whose um, opportunity is not in doubt. Like there's no doubt that Elliott will be on the field, game script independent, winning, losing. It doesn't matter. He's going to touch the ball in these low 20s at least times. Um, So I think in a a game that strikes as having probably playing at a little bit of a faster pace, and we'll get to him in a second, I think it does also help Elliott that they actually have a receiver worth covering now. Um, We'll get to Cooper here in a minute, but that only helps the Dallas offense that the teams just at least have one more guy that they need to at least pay attention to. That had not been the case. Um, In terms of Connor, so Connor's cheaper. He's he's like 600 or 700 cheaper than some of these other guys. And he's priced down only because of the matchup, right? Like there's his mm-hmm. opportunity is right in line with Elliott's. This has been a thing where our system has drawn out these guys. Like I at okay, for instance, I drew out Connor specifically two weeks ago against Baltimore that looked like a much worse matchup than he, than the other top running backs were getting, but he was cheaper than the rest of the group because of the matchup. Do you think that we're in a stage now where the sites have overcorrected on some of these prices? Because, we're seeing Connor is like a hundred percent playing all of our in all of our lineups right now, and I, and it's, but he's facing Jacksonville. How, where does like the price meet the opponent for you on a guy like him? Because our system is sure saying you need to play him in every lineup.
1: I like him a lot better on DraftKings, but I'm still not I'm not a hundred percent on him yet. Just. The matchup and just the pace of the game seems like it's going to be a little bit slower um, versus some of these other games. Like, I think Elliott and Dallas, I think they're going to kind of have to play up to Atlanta's pace. Um, You know, the way they've been throwing the ball and scoring points lately, Matt Ryan's been going on fire. But I just think the Pittsburgh Jacksonville matchup, it feels like a lot slower pace to me. So, Connor's maybe not the guy I'm going to turn to I personally I, I like David Johnson just above him the way they've been getting him involved um, yeah. like you said whether losing or winning um, he's getting involved like there's you know finally realizing that hey maybe he's one of our best receivers in the team we should get him the ball a lot more which kind of gives him that floor especially on DraftKings and a full PPR so I'm looking more to David Johnson myself but I can definitely see your case um, for Connor just how much he touches the ball on that offense and how his price is down because of that matchup and six point favorites.
0: Yeah, David Johnson, I mean, I probably should have put him on this list here among this group. Now, the the funny thing about Johnson is you are not going to get many situations where David Johnson is a favorite in a game, like the Cardinals are favorites in a game. Um, We've talked in the the past about how – specifically home favorites but you can be a road favorite as well and connor's a six-point favorite over the jackson ball that's helping his projection as well but johnson's getting a similar bump by having being a five-point uh favorite over the the an oakland team that just couldn't almost just couldn't be worse they're just if you're it's time it's look yourself in the mirror time when you're a five-point underdog to the cardinals i i don't really know if that's grounds to just terminate a 10-year contract on gruden like when they say hey hey man it's the cardinals like how are you a five-point underdog to them like weren't you supposed to like Turn this team around or something. Unless you're fully in the tank, that really should should really just never never happen. I'm with you on Johnson. He's coming off easily his best game. 21 carries, nine targets. He combined for like 180 yards. Had a couple touchdowns. Um, He might be a guy. Now that you've said it, I probably need to go and re-examine his projection and just make sure we're not just not too low on him. Because if he's gonna be if he's gonna be priced this far underneath the regular group of guys, like so he's a thousand less or more than the guys we talked about. Um, I probably just need to do a quick gut check to make sure that uh, <laughs> that his price is right. Although I guess Connor seventy two hundred on DraftKings, and I think that's helping him as well. All right, I'm gonna, I'm, look, we could spend all day on these running backs because Saquon Barkley is another guy. He's a he's a favorite at home against the Tampa Bay Buck team. That's terrible. I mean, Kamara's is a big favorite. Um, we mentioned Gordon already. This is, we'll t- you guys can talk more about this in the game by game breakdown tomorrow. But th- I think running back is going to be where people. These decisions are going to be tough because you you're almost going to want to have to roster three of them, and I think that the question yep. just becomes which three those those guys are. And it's I think this is going to be one of the hardest things that we deal with uh, on this week. All right, I think one of the reasons we can do it though is, is receiver. It looks like we have some guys coming cheap. How much do you trust? Okay, right, let's talk about Marvin Jones first. Do you think a Marvin Jones is going to play? B Do you think whether he plays or not, Kenny Galladay is in Kenny Galladay is in play here because. James and I kind of disagreed about this the other day. I'm very concerned. Galladay had a huge week last week in terms of targets, and the week before he had like two targets. The situation really didn't change at all. When there's that kind of fluctuation, how worried are you? And, to, and then what where, where would you put Galladay in terms of cash game viability, whether or not James uh, Jones plays?
1: No, I just think, um, you know, it is a little tough when he got 13 targets last week and only four of the week before. But remember in that Minnesota game that they had a, a team record 10 sacks in that game and Stafford had literally no time whatsoever to even try and get him the ball. Um, So that doesn't really concern me. That's something I was kind of looking at a little bit when breaking this game down um, with Galladay, especially. I don't think Marvin Jones plays, and if he does, I don't think he's going to be 100%. So I can see that 10 targets plus for Galladay again here this week against Carolina, um, especially at home. But I think it comes down to, like you said, wanting to roster three of the top running backs and having to go down, I mean, that's obviously going to force you down the board when it comes to your wide receivers, so I think Galladay does stand out. I do see him getting 10-plus targets this week.
0: Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm, look, we could talk about guys like Julio Jones and Andre Hopkins and Odell Beckham who's walking into one of the best matchups around. The reason I'm not specifically mentioning them in this thing in this podcast is because one, it's disingenuous to just recommend all the most expensive guys. Uh, so I, I just I hate when sites do that. I'd so it's lazy and it makes no sense. And anyone can do it. And I could just sit and easily write up Julio Jones and Odell Beckham and make very good cases for them. The reason we did not write these guys up specifically is because we're trying to just tier the value in saying the running back value this week far outweighs what you're getting in yep. the top end of the wide receiver, even though these guys are in huge spots. So I just want to make sure if you're tuning into us for the first time, this is why I'm not starting with these, you know, three or four. Five amazing receivers that you have at the top of the board. I just think that the if you can't pay for all of them, and I think we should uh, look to running back to pay. And I'm with Young Galladay, and I'm maybe I'm just a little gun shy because I rostered him in, in that Detroit game, but or to me that mini game. And you're completely right. It was not. It was a, a weird thing in how many times Stafford was sacked that game. So there was some like, kind of weird script issues. Now I mentioned uh, Amari Cooper. Do you think Cooper's cash game viable? He's coming off a decent target week. It looks like between it's just basically him, Zeke, and Dak is like is basically the, the Cowboys' offense at this point. Could you see stacking Cooper and Elliott in this matchup and feel like that's enough of a cash game floor, knowing that it's still like the Cowboys and they still have Jason Garrett calling their plays?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I do see that as viable, especially at his price um, on DraftKings, especially at 5,400. They've, they've shown in his first two games with them that they just want to force-feed him the ball. They've given him 18 targets so far. He only got 6 of 10 in the first game for 75 and 5 of 8 for 58 and touchdown in the second one. But if they're going to keep force-feeding him the ball against this Atlanta defense that is out, I believe, the third-most passing yards per game this year, almost 300 yards per game through the air, it just, it just makes sense. And like we already talked about, uh, Elliot and how much Atlanta gives up through on the ground. I think this could be one of those you know sneaky shootout games that goes way over the total. And having those two guys, I think, makes a ton of sense. I'm not real sold on Dak getting him the ball accurately um, most of the time, but if he's going to be getting 10 plus targets at his 5,400 price tag, even 6,600 on on Fanduel isn't that bad when you're looking at guys um, not too far ahead of him in the mid seven to eight K range. So he's definitely viable for me this week. Again, kind of the same thing as. Galladay if it was a normal week where maybe we had two or three running backs that were stepping into a big role who are really cheap still and we didn't have to spend down a wide receiver it would be a completely different story but on this week I can see pairing Galladay and Cooper um, together in cash game laps so that you can get to those three running backs like we said because a normal week I don't know if I would consider him you know 100% cash viable but I think all the reasons that we both talked about here just just now um, it makes a ton of sense
0: and I we we kind of close it off with three more guys in this same I would call it middle tier of wide receiver. I'm gonna keep using the word value. This is this middle tier of wide receiver and I'm gonna kinda of throw these guys all at once and maybe you can decide if there's a guy a guy that stands out to you we wrote up Tyler Boyd again still no AJ Green there's definitely concerns about his his usage with Green not around um as we talked about the recap we also have Corey Davis coming off a big week he was guy almost snuck in the cash games for us last week and I just couldn't trust that he's coming off a big week and then Larry Fitzgerald as well another uh, week we're kind of return to target share Of, of that of those three guys Boyd's a little bit more expensive than the other two um but they're kind of all exist in this like 6000 seven thousand dollar range, depending on the site you're playing. do any of these guys, are these guys like just like too Is it too much like recency bias for for us and kind of overcorrecting on some decent target games? Has there been enough of um, a track record on any of these guys that they're viable? Um, can you see it, or, and do any of them really stand out to you?
1: Um, not really with Tyler Boy. I like that his price has started to come down here again a little bit but uh, definitely not on board with him for cash games this week. Corey Davis I'm starting to warm up to a lot. He's seen 7, 10, and 10 targets over the last three weeks. Um, Mariota's really starting to come around, looking like a a very competent quarterback there, and Davis is clearly his top target. I mean, it helps um, with with the tight end Delaney Walker out there, so he's definitely the top target, and at 5,600 on DraftKings, I'm definitely looking at Corey Davis this week, Um, 6,200 on FanDuel. But a guy that you didn't write up that I wanted to ask you about, I know it all depends. This is back to that Baltimore news again. But two guys that kind of I'm looking at just because of the matchup and price is Michael Crabtree and Willie Snead um, in Baltimore. There, like Snead's only 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,300 on FanDuel, while Crabtree's 4,800 and 5,800. So Crabtree seems like the, the safer bet. But Sneed even that much cheaper in this smash spot against Cincinnati defense, who's allowed a ton of yards through the air, like the third most fantasy points. Two wide receivers i think um we have to consider just at that price even though we maybe don't know even if lamar jackson's in there we don't know exactly like he hasn't started obviously a game yet where he's gone in there the full the full role but i think we have to consider sneed for sure at 4300 on DraftKings this week
0: yeah it's so funny man it's like it's like so i'm gonna pause here for a second because i i want to get my thoughts together it's it's one of these things where Lamar Jackson has probably been out there enough with first with first team snaps through the year to have something of a rapport like I said only because they have they've made something of a commitment to get them out there for five six seven snaps a game over the course of the season which means there is something happening with the first team like that's more than the reason I mentioned that is because that's more than can really ever be said for a backup quarterback those guys usually just get whatever comes to them the week before because obviously Flacco is going to take all these snaps and that's just gonna be the case or whatever that's that's typically the case so I want to believe that there's something more happening with him in terms of just getting hooked up with guys like Crabtree, uh, guys like Snead. Snead especially. Well, I mean, I guess they both kind of just strike me as possession receivers in general. Neither of them are necessarily kind of deep threats down the field. And it's just a new quarterback, and it's a great matchup. I don't know. I can, you can hear me kind of going back <laughs> and forth because it's so hard to be bullish on the targets if they just are going to run 50% more or something like that. You know what I mean? Like if Flacco yeah. was, was was attempting 40 passes a game or some, somewhere in that range, and if Jackson's if they're going to bring it down to 25 because those are going to be kind of run pass option kind of plays that is going to significantly cut into the target share. I I think I think mostly the way I would sum it up is it's so unknown that I'd be uncomfortable with it. I think that's kind of the way I'm that, that's and and I'm fine to be wrong and if these guys have huge games and Lamar Jackson's the quarterback of the future then so be it and try to get next week when the price comes up a little bit but I think that's that's kind of where I land in this a new situation, like where I'm not concerned so much about Jackson's productivity as a quarterback. I would be I would be concerned about the the receivers. Let's finish this off with tight end. Um, we have Zach Ertz has been so far above the rest of the tight end field in terms of just overall targets. He ranks in the top five just overall targets, wide receivers yeah. included, this season. Knowing that we have to pay, we are at least leaning toward paying up for running back. Is Ertz a guy you can pay up for? or Do you think we're going to need to go a little bit cheaper at tight end this week?
1: No, I've been building some lineups here um, this morning before the podcast and even during the podcast. It just, if you're going to three running backs, it's almost impossible to pay up for, yeah. for Ertz. He's kind of in that WR1 kind of range, um, make, making it very, very tough this week. So, myself, I'm kind of going the value, and it's it's kind of gross after it's um you know looking for someone that's maybe getting consistent targets and production together you know hitting value very very tough because i mean you got austin hooper who i like but he's at 4500 on DraftKings, 6000 on fando's his prices came up he he does he doesn't get those 10 plus targets every week but he does have you know that he's getting a lot of targets in the red zone so i can see that for sure in this dallas game that we already talked about maybe is a little bit up pace for them it's a pretty good matchup dallas is, i think ranks 22nd in fantasy points against the tight end Then I look at Evan Ingram. He's also been inconsistent for the Giants, but he gets a smash spot. Um, Tampa Bay's getting up the second most fantasy points to tight ends. And then I think the guy that really stands out to me if you really want to jam three of those uh, running backs in this week is Jordan Reed. I know we talk about him every week. Like, oh, this is the week, this is the week, this is the week. But for me, what stands out... um, I maybe lean to one of those other two guys on FanDuel, but on DraftKings, Jordan Reed's down to 3800 It just That just seems way too cheap for a guy um, that's getting, like he's had 12, 6, and 6 targets, and he's catching most of his targets, so his catch rate's there. But he's just not getting the yards or the touchdowns or the looks in the end zone. But at 3800 I think this is a week where we can maybe risk it against um, the Houston Texans. Uh, it, it's a pretty good matchup, I think. Yeah, they're, they rank 23rd in fantasy points against tight ends. So given the matchup, and the fact that they're they're three point underdogs here, and he's thirty eight hundred on DraftKings. He's definitely a guy I'm going to consider for sure this week.
0: Yeah, Jordan. These, these tight ends are like catching a fallen knife. It, like you just can't. It's just on a week to week basis. The guys that the targets come and the targets go. Reed is a guy. We've our system has just. It's like six targets for Jordan Reed. Hell yeah, every lineup like this at like five thousand or something like that. Like yeah. he just wants to be now. That's come down with each week where the yards haven't been there because we as we pile in more stats, and especially for uh, yards and stuff, as we get more away, we, as we get more away from their uh, historical uh, stats and more into the season, we kind of we do this on a rolling basis just to explain sort of how our our system works. Um, that every week where his prices come down, like sort of his production, his projection has come down a little bit too because the yards. Haven't been there, but I couldn't even decide between these guys. I wrote up like (laughs) Seals, Jones, Ingram, Cook. It was basically like you got to make a case to go back to Jack Doyle again, even though Eric Ebron and these other tight ends had these huge games. Again, you're just in a week. And it's it's a weekly issue with tight end. You're kind of just hoping your guy gets six targets. You're praying to God he gets in the end zone. I mean, and and then that's kind of it. But if you can get finished with like a five for 50 line, you're basically high-fiving yourself at the tight end outside of anyone but Ertz. All right. You guys can talk about the defensive stuff tomorrow as you roll through game by game. We're going to get out of here. Um, com is the site. DFSR.com for short. DFSR.com slash deals get you that free seven day trial and a re- reduced rate on our premium po- package for podcast listeners so go check that out dmsr.com slash deals buddy thanks for jumping on the pot early i know you were uh you sleep deprived and car happy to be out of the car and i kind of forced you into an early wake up this morning but thanks for breaking down you are, i've already changed my david johnson projection because of what you said so consider it all <laughs> worth it thanks
1: <laughs> no problem good luck this week everyone